Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today, and we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your house. How beautiful it is, Father, to be in worship, to call on your name, to declare who you are, to experience your presence. Thank you, Father. And as we continue, Lord, in this service, I pray that, Holy Spirit, you'd lead every aspect of it. Bless your word, bring it alive, and let us have moments where the Holy Spirit, where you just say, you know what, I, I need you to get that. You say, that's for me. I, I needed to understand that. And I just pray, Father, that you would be glorified. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. We read stories in the Bible, and many times they leave us in awe. We think, wow, that happened? That happened? The giant was defeated. The miracle took place. The Holy Spirit shook the place. Somebody's life was completely changed. They were living one way, and now they're living another. And we look at these miracles, and we look at these moments, and we think, wow, that's amazing. Could that happen in my life? Could, 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 could I see that happen? You know, one of the things that we see consistently is that God will, is, is God can use anyone. And this morning, I want you to understand that God can use you. God can use you. God can work in you. Here's what I want to tell you. The greatest thing that can happen in anyone's life is to be used by God to lead someone to faith in Jesus Christ. This is the greatest thing that can happen in anyone's life outside of your own salvation is for God to use you to be an instrument to lead somebody else to Christ. It is, it is one of the most beautiful things in this life. It is the one of the most powerful things in this life. And if you've been used as an instrument to lead someone else to Christ, you know this feeling. And it's very important. This isn't just for some Christians. Listen, listen, check this out. The Bible describes the household of God like a human body. We're going to look here at Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 6a. It says this, For just as each of us has one body with many members, right? We have, we have different, we, we got an arm, we got a heart, right? We got a liver, we got a knee. And these members do not all have the same function. So, it, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. We all have different gifts. Let's just think about this for a moment. You know, my brother might be good with organizing. You know, somebody else is, is good with worship. You know, a, a different part, a different arm might, might be really good at teaching, really good at kids' ministry. I, I want you to see this. this. This is in you. God calls people to be a part of a church for a reason. Because God's wisdom says, hey, you are going to fit here in a way that you don't even understand. Your purpose is going to be unveiled in a way that you don't even comprehend yet. Because it's going to match the bigger mission and what God's going to try to do. And all of a sudden, it's just going to come together. And God will use each and every one of us to do these type of things. Now, now this is what I want to tell you, and I want to. We're going to take a look at this. 
but I want to see every single one of us. But here's what, here's, here's what I want us to understand is this. While we all have different gifts, we all have the same calling to share the faith that was shared with us. That's not just for some people. If faith was shared with you, it is our calling. It's your calling to share it with, with someone else. And, 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 and not everyone shares it from the pulpit. Not everyone shares it from, from an altar, from a stage. Sometimes it's a, it's a kitchen table. Sometimes, sometimes it's at a restaurant. Sometimes it's in a work break room. Sometimes it's on a college campus in between classes. You know, a, a Sunday afternoon with your neighbor. Sometimes it's serving the community. Sometimes it's at a gas station. Sometimes it's with, with your waitress. You see, every single day we are surrounded by people who are lost, don't know Jesus. And if they continue on that path and they take their last breath, then they're not going to heaven. They're going to hell. And we have this valuable, this rich message. And it's a matter of life and death. So the question is, do you want it? Do you want the moments? Do, do you want the moments? Do you want the moment that can potentially set somebody free? Do you want that moment? Do you want to sit at that table? Do you want to have that conversation? Do you want that moment that can change someone's eternal destiny? Do you want that moment? Now, we know that we're all called to share our faith. Jesus tells the disciples to make disciples. He tells, he tells them to tell the next generation to make disciples. Just do we want the moment? Do we want that moment? We should. When God first called me into ministry, I remember I was in the middle of a worship service, just worshiping the Lord. It was, it was, it was beautiful. But in that moment, he called me into ministry. And I remember just having a prayer time with God and talking to God about that moment. And, 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 and I came to this place where I said, no, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want to do that. We've got a plan, God. We already got our own plan. You're changing the plan on us, God. And at the end of my prayer, I said, God, but if that's what you want for me, then change my heart. What I'm saying is that we should want this. We should desire that moment where you're sitting down and that soul desperately needs Jesus. And inside of you is something that is powerful. Inside of you is something that is transformative. Inside of you is something that is life. Do you want the moment to release that into another person? Do you want the moments? You know, when I, I understood that the gospel had power, but I did not know how satisfying it was to do what the Bible was asking me to do. So we've been talking about the series as a matter of life and death. What we're talking about in the series is this passage in Matthew 28. 
We're called to make disciples, how this is for every single Christian. I did not know how satisfying it is to step into what God asks of us. I didn't know that. Like, yeah, did I, I was going to serve at church. Yeah, I wanted to help out. In some, but I did not know how satisfying it was to be a vessel for God, to be used by God. I did not know. And with that comes, and all of a sudden, you step into God's blessing. You step into being used by God. You step in, well, all I did was share my faith with somebody else. Yes, but that was his program. That was his plan. And so when you stepped into that, all of a sudden, the, the, the protection, the favor, the blessing, these things are byproducts. God's like, oh, you did what my word said. You, you stepped into it. Oh, there you go, son. There you go, my child. There, there, there you go. That's, this is yours. Because I, 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 you, you step into what he's, what he's given us. Do we want to be used by God to share the gospel, to, to lead someone to Christ? And if you want that and you genuinely want that, then open your heart and make room in your life for God's leading. Listen, we're going to jump into a passage here in the book of Acts chapter 8. It's going to be our focus here. Chapter 8. We're going to look at verses 26 through 40. It's going to be up on the screen or in your message notes or... Or open up your Bible there. Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. It's a very powerful passage. A passage that has has stirred my heart for many years. Something that I love. I go back to constantly. It says this in verse 26. Now the angel of the Lord said to Philip. Now who's this Philip? This is not Philip, one of the original 12 disciples who comes to apostles. This is not that Philip. This is a different Philip. This Philip is one who is chosen of seven because the apostles, they needed, they're, 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 they're busy doing all the work of the ministry. And then they had all these other type of needs going on in the church. Well, they just said to him, well, we could either stop doing the work of the ministry and start working on these other areas. And says, no, 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 we got to choose seven people. So the Holy Spirit led them to choose seven people full of the Holy Spirit to take care of these other areas so the apostles can focus on the ministry of of the word and of prayer and, and of these things. And so Philip, this Philip is one of these seven that was chosen. And Philip, listen, again, this brother is just a man. He's full of the Holy Spirit and he has a heart to serve. Where you need me at? What you, what you need me to do? You need me to vacuum? You need me over to stand somewhere in the corner? You need me to hold up? This, this is Philip. I want, you, I want you to see Philip and watch, watch what God does in his life. It says this, okay, so the angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian, Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. On his way home, and on his way home, was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The Spirit, you see the capital S there, that's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. Can we go back? I'm sorry. Can we read that together on the count of three? I just want to read verse 29. Just, just 29. And I want us to read this together out loud. Okay, can you see it there towards the bottom? It says this, one, two, three. The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. This is what the Holy Spirit said. 
This is what the Holy Spirit was revealing to this brother who said, I just want to serve. You need me some more? The Holy Spirit. Go to that chariot and stay near it. Verse 30. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked? Verse 31. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the message of the scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shear is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. Verse 34. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot, and then both Philip and the eunuch went down in the water, and Philip baptized him there. This is a beautiful moment. You know, as God's began to stir my heart and just preparing for this time to be with you, one of the things that he specifically placed on my heart, and, and there's, but it's just going forward in our church, when you lead someone to Christ, I'd like for you to be a part of helping me baptize them. And so, so, so whoever that you, 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 you lead a coworker, you lead them, lead them to Christ. And they're ready to take that step of baptism. I want you to get in the water with me and let's baptize them together. This, this is a powerful thing. This is a beautiful thing. Verse 39 says this. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit, you see the capital S, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again but went on his way rejoicing, right? He had, his life had changed. Salvation had reached him. He's taking this home with him now to Ethiopia. He's, he's going to take this gospel with him. He's, he's, he's traveling on his way home. Verse 40, Philip, however, appeared at Azotos, Azotos and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Caesarea. A divine appointment took place. Do you want one? Do, do you want that moment? Listen, I'm just going to give you quick three points, and then I, actually, I just want to get back into some worship, get back into some, some time here. I know. I, I, here's the first thing, preparing for a divine appointment. The first thing that I want to share with you is this. Be willing to serve the Lord in any capacity. When someone has a servant's heart, they are willing to serve anywhere, absolutely anywhere. They don't say, Pastor, I, I want to serve. Uh, give me the pulpit. Let me preach. They'll say, Pastor, I just want to serve. Put me in the game, Pastor. I'll do anything. Put me in the game. 
You see, before Philip led anyone to Christ, he was willing to serve in any capacity. We're going to check out this passage here. It, for the full context, you can go to Acts 6, verses 1 through 7. Right now, I'm only going to read to you verses 2 through 4, but I'm going to leave that there. Read the whole verse 7, the whole seven verses. But I'm going to start here in verse 2. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Someone say, wait on tables. Verse 3. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This, This needed to be done. This moment needed to take place. And God found somebody who was willing to serve, willing to make themselves available, willing to wait on tables. What is it that you need? Where where can I be? I'll wait on tables. I'll clean the bathroom. I'll vacuum the floor. I'll put all the papers in the chair. Somebody willing to serve. God is looking for that heart. Show him you have a servant's heart be willing to serve in any way needed. Serve with joy. There's so much more to say in that, but I'm, I'm gonna we're gonna I'm gonna call the worship team back here in a moment. The second preparation for divine appointment is learn to trust the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you want God to speak, He will. If you say, God, I I really genuinely want to hear Your voice, He will. Now, if it's just like, oh, yeah, I dare you to speak to me. Like, I, I, I don't, you know, if, it's, if you're coming at God in the wrong context. But see, God, God wants intimacy. Sometimes God still does stuff, but I'm telling you that if you genuinely want the intimate relationship that we have access to through Jesus, he, he'll, he'll show up in your life. And what I'm saying is learn to hear the Holy Spirit. Be able to distinguish from what is from God and what is not from God. The Holy Spirit will speak. He will reveal himself. You will hear his voice in your life. You know, at first he's not going to tell you. He may not tell you, you know what, uh, go over there and, and, and go across the country and, or, or across the world and go do something like that. But he will begin to speak to you in smaller places and begin to say, begin to confirm things that you need to know. He'll, he'll, he'll begin to warn you about certain things. He'll begin to confirm certain things. And as you learn to recognize that voice, he's, 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 and, and, and you've trusted him and you've been obedient with what he's warned you about or confirmed in your life, if you've been obedient in that, he'll give you greater things. He'll speak to you. You'll hear him. You'll hear him. You'll learn to recognize that without a shadow of a doubt, I know God has spoken to me. And Philip put himself in that position. In verse 29, it says this, the, what, what does it say? The Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit told Philip, go to the chariot and stay near it. Who told Philip? Right, the Holy Spirit told him. Go, go, to, go to that chariot. How did Philip know to go to the chariot? Because he learned to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in his life. He, he learned, wait, well, was that God? I'm not sure. Was that? No, he learned. He knew that's, that's the Holy Spirit. That's God. That's him speaking to me. I know that I got to get up from where I'm at and I need to be over there. Why am I standing over there by that chariot, God? Do you want to hear the Holy Spirit? Verse 30, it says this. And then Philip ran up to the chariot, 
right? Well, that's his obedience. That's him trusting the Holy Spirit. So he, he, he got from where he was, and he, he's now running with the chariot. And he heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked? See, your ability to hear the Holy Spirit and trust his voice is going to put you in position to be used by God. But before you can ever be used by God, you need to trust his voice in your life. That's what's going to put you in position. I know when the Father speaks to me. I know it. And it doesn't matter if everyone says, nope, that's, that wasn't the Lord. Like, you know when you know. And there's more to say and to teach on that. And trust the voice of the Holy Spirit. The third preparation for divine appointments is this. Consistently feed your spirit the word of God. What you put in will come out. Well, you put it in here, you put it in here. Whatever you put in will come out. So if you're putting in a bunch of stuff that does not glorify God, that's what will come out. Try hearing the Holy Spirit when you've been just putting in everything else that's just not of God. You've been watching that thing, you've been listening to that stuff, and, and then, well, I'm trying to hear God. Oh, but you can't. Oh, I, wonder, you, well, I don't wonder why. I know why. We, we, cannot, we cannot hear God that way. This last year, I got the opportunity to coach my son's U8 soccer team. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. All these six and seven year olds running around. It was. It was. It was. It was. It took a lot of patience. Let me tell you. We'd be in the middle of the game, and all of a sudden, they start doing airplanes. Woo. I'm like, hey, someone get the ball. The ball. It, it took a lot of. It took a lot of patience. But I'd talk to the boys, and I'd sit them down. I'd have them get on one knee, and, and, I, and I was always talking to them about, listen, as we consistently work, if you consistently put in the work, you're going to see the improvement in your game. You're, you're gonna, you know what? You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna stop kicking the, the ball with your toe. You know, you're going you're gonna to start. You're going to see. You're, you're going to enjoy it. You're going to work together. If you put in the work, you're going to see. It's going to produce something. And when it comes to the Word of God, it works very similarly. You can't say, I, 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 don't, I, I never know the right Scripture if you don't feed yourself the Scripture. Man, I, 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 just, I just never know the right Scriptures to say, yeah, but that's because you're not putting anything in. you you, you got to put it in. You have to, you have to nourish your soul. you got to feed your spirit. Receive the Word of God. Put that in, and that's what will come out. Yeah. I guarantee that's what's going to come out in your life. You're going to be having that sitting down, that conversation, and that situation. Oh, okay. I, it, it, it'll, come, it'll come out. You know, when I first came to faith, I met a, few guy, uh, I met a, a guy who was a few years older than me, and every, I don't know, everybody around him always would call him like the, the human Bible. Like, you know, that's, that's, that's cool. What's that about, you know? And uh, we'd be talking about anything and be like, oh, yeah, Proverbs 18.5. And I'm like, oh, huh? yeah. What's that say, you know? And he was able to do that because he consistently fed his spirit the word of God. See, what we're talking about here today is putting ourselves in position for the moments. 
You want the moment? Put yourself in position and allow God to use you in the moment. You see, Philip was ready to give an answer to the eunuch because of his personal time in the word of God. Verses 34 and 35, we're going to read those again. Where's Karen? Can I get Karen? Yeah. Verses 34 and 35 said this, says this. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. See, you cannot give what you do not have. You can't share with your child if you don't have nothing to share with your child. You cannot share with that family member if you don't have any. You cannot share with your coworker. You cannot share with your classmate. You cannot share with your waitress. You cannot share what you do not have. So you, you have to have. You have to pour in. You have to, you, ha- you have to get in the Word. You, you got to get in the Bible study. You, 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 you got you to read the Scriptures. You got to learn how to memorize Scriptures. That's why we do it in every series, and it's fun, and I give away gift cards, and that's great. But why do I do it? So that we, we put something in. We got to put it in. You got a family member, you got a loved one that you dearly love and they're not walking with Christ and you know that one day they're going to take the last breath and you know what's going to happen to them. You know it. Do you want the moment? And if you want the moment, then you got to put yourself, you got to prepare yourself for the moments. When you deposit the word, you make it available for the Holy Spirit to withdraw. Do you get that? You deposit, the Holy Spirit withdraws. You make the deposits, the Holy Spirit will withdraw it. Like you go to a bank. Somebody, there's a deposit, there's a withdrawal. John 14, 26 says this, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The Holy Spirit will show up in that moment with the scripture that you need. Again, one more time I say, the greatest thing that can happen in anyone's life is to be used by God to lead someone to faith in Jesus Christ. Do you want it? Do you want to be used by God? There are a few dangerous prayers. And worship team, you know what? Can you just join me now? There are a few dangerous prayers that I've prayed in my life. You could probably count them on my hands. Prayers that change everything. One of them is Heavenly Father, prepare me for divine appointments and prepare divine appointments for me. Because it's easy to be a Christian and to be comfortable. But when you step into what God's word asks of us, all of us, you will experience something that changes everything somebody's eternal destiny but a peace will come over you like you can only imagine Father prepare me for a divine appointment and prepare divine appointments for me it's a matter of life and death 
And I don't want to be on the bench. I don't want our church to be on the bench. I want us in the game. May our church be known for winning souls for the kingdom of God. Amen. Here's the challenge. I'm going to read it to you. We're just going to have a time of worship. It says this, pray, Heavenly Father, prepare me for divine appointments and prepare divine appointments for me. And then the second part of the challenge is to prepare with these three points. That's it. Would you stand with me and let's just have a time of worship. Heavenly Father, in the mighty and precious name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be in your house, to hear your word, to worship your name, to come together. Father, it's your heart's desire to have this intimate, intricate relationship with your creation. And you've made that available, Father, through sending your son, Jesus Christ, to to take our place on the cross and that when we accept him our sins are forgiven and now this relationship is accessible are we ready to access that relationship so father right now in Jesus name Holy Spirit would you move amongst us would you move father amongst us would you hear our worship in Jesus' name.